Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Empire. Can old school style raise the profile of a new school activity? Remember the word Target? Yeah. We sort of laughed at Target had a much nicer shopping experience. Most of the products were the same, but the, the actual experience, they made that store look better. You felt better. That's Richard Porter, the president of In Pickleball Magazine, where perception is becoming reality. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Let me start with acknowledging that this interview is an abnormal conversation for our show. In Pickleball Magazine is the opposite of futuristic or tech-savvy. It's a high-end coffee table magazine about a leisure sport that is growing fast and gaining traction among celebrities. So maybe it's just me, a romantic for quality, tangible content that wanted to know why now? Why produce an expensive magazine when everyone is making shorter, consumable, mobile content? In the end, you'll see that the old-fashioned way of growing a brand still has merit. Our guest this week is Richard Porter, who's the president of a company that is publishing a really cool new magazine called In Pickleball Magazine. And it is a sport that is growing very, very quickly. And we wanted to catch up with Richard because not just because of where the sport is going, but they're using some real old school techniques in a modern world. Hey, Richard, how are you? I'm well, Bram. How are you? Thanks for having me on. So this is a a touch out of our, uh, our lane because we typically get into modern technology in sports. But I love your magazine. I'm drawn to it. This is obviously a sport that is growing very quickly. Can you just kind of first describe why you went this route to build something that is very old school? Well, first, I probably should say we we want to be multi-channel. We have stood up a website. We do have Instagram. Uh, you know, there's video. We're partnering with organizations like the AAU. So we're not completely old school. Right. Uh, but what, but why a magazine is part of that? Uh, you know, here's some, uh, some industry vocab, the media imperative. You'll love that. You're, you're in the industry. Yeah. Media imperative for, for the most uh, active pickleball players today are still over 50 years old. And if you look at adults over 50 in this country, they still read, they still read magazines. Many of them still subscribe to newspapers, more, more often local now newspapers than, than the big uh, city papers. But, you know, they do read. And then as a business, it gives us first-party data. It's a recurring revenue stream. It's a subscription model. You know, think of all the streaming content you get now on your television. That's a subscription model. So 
there's an old school model and you know that was a print model that's now a video model yeah so i think i think i think we're all borrowing from one another when it comes to you know models uh so the first thing is what's the consumer want and you know if you if you want to be wherever they want you to be whenever they want you there uh a magazine is is a great option and it allows us to do more long form content. There's some stories that just deserve, you know, more than a, than a, than a 120 some odd word character, uh, assessment, you know, a, a little more length sometimes has great value. What I love about it too, is you're taking this sport and you are trying to build a lifestyle brand with it. It's obvious in, in what is being presented here. Could you kind of take me through the thought process of how you wanted to present pickleball yeah i think that's exactly right let me first ask you a question have you played do you play pickleball i don't know okay so you know and probably most of your listening audience doesn't though it is the fastest growing sport in the country and has been for a while uh pickleball is a sport that that it's a gas it's just really fun to play secondly you can be seven or 77 and you can get out and be decent at pickleball right from the get-go, right from the jump. You know, think about tennis or golf. Those are pretty hard to play and be good at, you know, as a, as a rookie. But pickleball, you can be pretty good. So the lifestyle of pickleball, you know, here's some of the characteristics or the attributes that, that we like and, you know, <laughs> I think are good for America. You ready? Yeah. So it's highly social. It's multi-generational, it's healthy, uh, it's inclusive, not exclusive, you know, and so kind of everybody can play. It's a, it's a doubles game. The court is smaller than a tennis court, uh, so it's kind of easier to kind of cover it. And, and the ball is sort of like a wiffle ball. So, you know, as hard as an opponent might work to hit that ball hard at you, there's a little wind resistance. Yeah. You can get it back. You can get it back. So, uh, you know, I think that's, that's the lifestyle, right? We, we want to celebrate all of those things. And then we try to package it in a really nice, nice aspirational look. We were laughing. We were calling ourselves the Vogue of, of pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then guess what we did? We hired an editor who actually to work at Vogue. So how crazy is that? Well, I mean, you that's, know? so we got, that's the yeah, sorry, th- yeah. That's the thing here. I mean, I, I you guys sent me the magazine. It's really cool, and it looks like Vogue, and it's it's just you know if you on its face you're like what is going on here? Like when you look at it, and then when you get into it, you you recognize what you guys are building, and it, it's very smart. I mean, it really is very smart. Well, thank you for that. The you know that all kudos. I'm I'm on the business side. The look and the content, that's not me. That's my colleagues. So the smart ones, you know, are not on this interview today. The smart ones really, you know, put together a great product. And, you know, in a day where so much media is free, right, uh, you know, free content on the web, uh, you want someone to pay for a magazine, you better give them a really good product. You know, you want them to buck down a couple bucks a yeah. copy. You know, it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but we're up against, you know, free content. So, uh, so yeah, I think, you know, in, in, whether you bring it around with you or keep it on your coffee table, we wanted 
to have, like I said, aspirational. So the paper stock is really high level. The colors are really saturated. The paper is very, very white. It's not gray. It's not yellow. I, I you know, it's, it's, it is a beautiful product Yeah, uh, produced by a, by a great printer up in Vermont called Lane. I'll give them a little chops. They've done a great job sourcing paper and doing color corrections for us on the magazine. So yeah, great. Just a great team. Great um, team. So tell me a little bit about where the sport is growing and where you see the future going for it. So I mentioned that, you know, the core pickleball player today, the most active pickleball player, uh, probably somewhere around 60% of them are over 50 today. There's still a lot of growth uh, with the older consumer. You find people who are dropping tennis as that might get harder for someone to play, even dropping golf. There's actually a, a, a large amount of crossover of golfers starting to play pickleball. And then on the younger end, I mentioned the AAU. There's a lot of young players that are going to come up. It's mostly been an outdoor game. So the hot spots are Florida, California, Texas, Arizona. But you'd be surprised Utah and Idaho (laughs) and Minnesota are actually three other states. Uh, And actually, you know, where you are, I have a high school buddy. I grew up on Long Island. I got a high school buddy who five or six years ago was the first person I ever knew to play pickleball. He lives in Arlington. Uh, it's probably in your listening audience or will be. Uh, and I used to make fun of him because he was not a paddle sports guy or a racket sports guy. We were basketball players. You know, my friend Dave tells us he's going off to play pickleball. You know, it's a funny name. And Dave didn't have paddle in his background. So I kind of, you know, was the guy making, you know, his high school friends will do, making fun of my buddy Dave for playing a funny name sport. So now, five, six years ago, you know, I'm president of something called Impickable. Well, guess who gets to make fun of me? <laughs> My friend Dave. So anyway, but it, but it's great. And we just traveled together down to Austin, Texas for something called Major League Pickleball. Huh. There's now a league of pickleball. There's 32 of the best players, 16 men, 16 women. There were eight teams. They held a draft. The, your football, you know, your football fans out there would be interested in how they did the draft. They ranked each one. If you pick the number one man, you got the number 16 man. If you pick the number eight woman, you got the nine woman. So you kind of were paired. So the teams were, were more even that way. Uh, but it was just a great event. So, you know, the recreational player base is growing. The professional game, they're terrific. But even most recreational players, if you said name a top 10 pro, they can't do it yet. Not yet. The pros are still not well known. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, tennis in 1930s, right? Can you name a 1930s tennis player? Probably not. No. But in 70s, John McEnroe, Chrissy Everett, Jimmy Connors, right? The game took off. Probably Arthur Ashe was the guy who made that happen in this country in 1968. But uh, so it's, it's coming. And, and it's a fun game because it's great to watch and it's great to play. You know, you're, you're a sports guy. You know, there's a lot of sports you cover that are great to watch, kind of hard to play yeah. at a certain age. But football is one of them, right? Sure. Uh, then there's a lot of great games that are pretty easy to to uh, play, but not as many people watch. So kind of the media consumption and the participation matter. Today, probably the one sport that's got the best marks there, probably soccer in this country, right? 
participation is growing, viewership is growing, readership, web. You know, look at media consumption on soccer. It's, it's through the roof. But pickleball, here we come. We're coming. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to go back to the aspirational side of it and how you thought through presenting, making it an aspirational lifestyle when it is so easy to enter, it is inclusive, it is not hard to get paddles and rackets and balls and start a game somewhere. I looked at this magazine and I'm looking at it and going, this feels something out of polo or racing in Monaco. And yet those are true, exclusive. It's almost impossible to get into it unless you are of a certain wealth, unless you have certain access points. How did you kind of think through a game that is simple and easy to get into and try to present it in a way that it is aspirational lifestyle? Well, I think respect the consumer, respect the reader, right? who, Who among us think we're not, you know, doesn't care, you know, What's the old line? I, I, I care how I look, not how I feel. Yeah. The comedian who did that. Yeah. Is that Billy Crystal? I look, yeah. I look wonderful. It's better to you know, look good than to feel good. Yes. Than to feel good, right. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, and then, you know, in the, in the retail landscape, there's kind of an interesting example, I think. Uh, Walmart was the big, big retailer, and then a company in Minnesota called Target. Yeah, was true. coming up, and tar- Target kind of Target. Remember the word Target? Yeah. We sort of laughed that Target had a much nicer shopping experience. Most of the products were the same, but the the actual experience they made that store look better. You felt better, and so the Target of America, if you will, you know, happened decades ago. So, you know, everybody, you know, you know, kids with from families that don't have a lot of money want to wear the very best sneakers. Think about the sneaker economy, man, people and don't scuff up my shoe. Right? That's my, if I'm wearing those sneakers, I want them to, to be, you know, to, 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 to be just perfect. So I think it's, it's respect the reader. And, you know, from a business perspective, if I want to charge somebody for it, boy, I better give them quality. You know, the magazine industry, you, you, you know, you talked about old school. There are sexual, secular challenges in, in print, in magazines, right? The advertising base has moved to video and social. So, you know, you're already up against, you know, a climb. So if you're not going to be able to rely on traditional advertising revenue, then the reader revenue, the reader needs to pay you. And if you want that reader to pay you, well, boy, you better give them something good. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, uh, aspirational. Who among us wouldn't, wouldn't want tomorrow to be a little better than today? Yeah. You ever wake up and say, gee, I hope tomorrow's, hope tomorrow's not as good as today was. I'm, I'm looking forward to a down day tomorrow. So all, all of us wake up hoping today's, slightly better day, a little better. 
You know, so we're, we're, we, or, you know, do you want your kid's life to be a little bit better than your life was? Of course you do. Right. So, so we all respect the past, but, but, you know, we're, we're all aspirational uh, other than the pessimists, you know, but if, if you're a cynic or a pessimist, you probably shouldn't subscribe to my magazine. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you're a happy person, come on board. Last thing um, for you, if I have your background right, you worked with the Meredith Corporation for a number of years uh, um, in publishing and communication. So, you know, here you are kind of dealing with this sport that is emerging. You're using a multifaceted way to try to get it out there and grow it, including this one specific way that we've talked about. I, I wonder how you just view communication to the younger modern sports fan in a technological world to kind of bring it back to where our lane is, which is future sport. Um, how yeah. do you see communicating to the young generations moving forward? So our second issue, the cover story is, will pickleball be a summer games exhibition sport? 2028, the Olympics moved to Los Angeles. And, you know, we were just in Japan was an Olympic sport. Surfing's a, a fun sport. That's mostly younger people who surf. So uh, we, as an industry, there, you need 75 countries to be an Olympic sport. I think six, 63 signed up to say, yeah, we like that idea. The host country gets to pick it. Breakdancing is going to be an exhibition sport in Paris, by the way. You know, who knew breakdancing was a sport? But it apparently is in France, so good for them. So we would love pickleball to be that, but you need a threshold then of youth participation. Because, you know, uh, not a lot of people want to watch 60-year-olds play pickleball. They probably prefer watching the 20-year-olds. So we've partnered with the AAU. You know, the AAU leads kids up to the Olympics, to the Junior Olympics, right? AAU, track and field, basketball, the Sullivan Awards, gymnastics, uh, just great legacy with with the youth. Uh, and so, you know, they're, they're, so, so that's one way. Uh, getting the sport on air, getting people out playing. Our first issue, we did a story about a high school teacher who introduced pickleball to kind of the jocks and the nerds, if you will. He didn't call them that. But, you know, how do you, what's the game that the, that the athletes are still going to love because it's a game? And what's the game that the kids who don't love phys ed would actually give a shot because it's kind of fun. And so he brought pickleball. He's in Arizona. And now there's two other schools there. They're, they're applying to make pickleball a varsity sport in high school. There are 28 college teams that have club teams, you know, from around the country. Some are SEC, some are Big 12. Uh, there looks like next year there's going to be a tournament amongst these college teams. Uh, and one of the best women player in the world is uh, a woman named Annalie Waters. She's 14. So she's just a great uh, voice, you know, and for that generation, peer to peer, I mean, come on, who wants to hear from me? You know, if you're 14, you want to hear from the uh, old guy from the magazine business, or do you want to hear from Annalie Waters, you know, who loves the game? So uh, I, I think those are the attributes. And the game was originally founded in 1965, by the way. It was invented by three dads on Bainbridge Island who were trying to, your kids were sitting around on a cloudy day saying, uh, there's nothing to do. And so these guys invented pickleball to get their kids out and about. So the, the beginning of the sport was about, uh, kids. So I think, 
I think they, they, they think about backyard, you know, volleyball or badminton. Uh, it's kind of easy to barbecues. It's easy to get families out and play. Richard Porter is the president of In Pickleball Magazine. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bram. On the next Future Sport Podcast, flipping the script on just getting through your exercise routine. We think that fitness for the longest time has always been about the end of the workout. So how do you feel at the end of your workout? How many calories did you burn? But no one ever talks about the actual workout experience, like how you felt during the workout. That's Andy Huang, founder of Averon, who built a rowing machine that includes an advanced gaming system to help those reluctant gym goers find a new way to power through their workouts. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.